This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. With the general election right around the corner, many voters go to the election box with only one issue in mind, but are ill-informed of the other issues that can shape the direction of our state and our nation. So on this edition of How We See It, we welcome Michael Sheedy, the executive director of the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops. He represents the bishops of Florida in an official capacity before the governor's office, legislative leaderships in state agencies, as well as national and statewide governmental and private organizations. Michael, always good to talk to you. Many thanks, John. It's a pleasure to be here with you and everybody at Spirit FM. Your office has put together a voter's guide, and you usually do that every year to help parishioners and and people in general know the issues when it comes to what the office of the Catholic bishops here in the state represent. What's the big platform? I mean, obviously the bishops say, okay, well, we stand for life, but that encompasses a broad subject. So how does your office kind of weed through all that? Right. You know, John, you make a good point. You know, pretty much everything is, is is a life issue or pro life issue. And how do you you know, recognize what's sort of preeminent and what uh, has the most weight, but also just recognizing the complexity and the ability to improve our common life here in Florida and in our country. Um, it's tricky, and really we, we tend to just really focus on major themes of Catholic social teaching and scripture um, in, in establishing priorities. Um, and really what we've identified, you know, for our voter guide this year, which is a little bit different than years past, you're right, we develop resources pretty much every election cycle, but this year our voter guide is just a little bit different in that it really compiles some background on issues for people here in Florida, and it does pose some questions for people to be asking of candidates and as they evaluate platforms. But really this year I'd say, you know, we focus, of course, on the on human life and dignity. That's really the core of Catholic social teaching, um, and, and there are a range of issues that are connected there. Obviously abortion, long identified as a preeminent concern, and it's a kind of a new era for abortion policy at the state level, to be sure. But also looking at the death penalty, uh, racism, you know, those are things that, that do relate to human life and dignity as well. And then we also focus in just a couple areas to give you just a quick overview around immigration, which is really mostly a federal issue, although the state does kind of get involved in that, and we recommend more activity at the federal level, but also uh, justice system reform, education, labor and economy, uh, religious liberty. You know, there are growing threats to religious liberty all the time, and I think people, you know, like you and I have kind of grown up expecting their, you know, we're going to have a lot of freedom of religion. And I think people are starting to be surprised that it's not as free as you thought. And you probably don't even realize how important it is until it starts to be restricted. But religious liberty is a very key concern. But also we look at children and families, health care and care for creation. You know, we live in a beautiful state and a lot of natural resources. And, you know, we want to protect and preserve that as well. I think a lot of a lot of voters will say, well, Michael, all of these things we're all for. We're all for immigration reform. We're all for health care and fair labor and religious liberty. And yet there's some some issues within each one of those categories where a candidate may lean one way or another. And your voter guide helps to get people to think about what those candidates are. Now, you typically put out a candidate questionnaire. Did you not do that this year? 
No, you know, this is the first year in, in really probably decades in which we did not do a candidate questionnaire project, uh, which again focuses on these same, which in the past would focus on a lot of these same issues, but and they would we would propose something that was very likely to be an issue they would vote on in a different sub in a given subject matter area um, in the coming term. You know, we found that response rates from candidates was not were not always as good as we would like. It's very labor intensive to try to reach out to candidates and to garner their replies to our survey. And um, and there were some limitations as well with that. I mean, it was great. It let people know where, where candidates were on a range of issues. It was probably particularly helpful looking at people in, in primary races to see what might distinguish one candidate from another. But, you know, it's it's strange. You know, a lot of times party platforms would be, would make candidates' re- responses similar. So that was perhaps made it not as helpful. But you know, it was it was our best effort to inform Catholic voters. One of the the main limitations I started to speak to was that on such a product or such a a document or in in such a comparison, it's not possible really to relate the position of the church and the interest of the church uh, on that same thing. You can't say, well, this is what the church wants people to do and this is what people are saying they're going to do on these issues in in, in the same exact document. So this voter guide does kind of give Catholics a better idea for really where we're going, what we see as the important issues and the proper positions to take. Now, with that information, we're hopeful that you know, Catholics will approach candidates to ask them the question directly, like, where are you on this issue now that they're better informed about the position of the church? So you know, there, there are a lot of places where hopefully that, that's going to be a benefit, I think, to, to Catholics across, across Florida. Sure. 30 years ago, you probably would have gotten a better response on these surveys. But today, n- number one, a, a lot of people don't like to take surveys in general, even if you're not running for an election. Hey, do you have five minutes for a survey? And a lot of people say no, you know, unless there's something in it for them. So I think that might be an issue as well that you're you're looking at. And they don't want to put themselves out there to have something twisted. And we see that more so in the last 20 years than we have ever before. And it's hard to discern uh, who's telling the truth, especially in our media today. Would you agree? Well, I, I tend to think, yes, I, I do. I think who's telling the truth. I think that that there is a bit of a crisis. You know, it feels like um, a lot of the challenges that confront our society, our social problems, our political problems really are becoming politicized themselves. And parties tend to be a little bit more extreme. And they're, you know, a lot of people are, you know, not a lot of people, a lot of people are still belong to political parties. But sure. we're seeing a reduction in membership in political parties. More people are becoming unaffiliated from a party used to be if you left one party, you joined the other one. Now people are just becoming independents or non-party. They're not affiliated with a party at all. And some of those more moderating voices or people who are kind of a little bit more reasonable who are like, you know, they tend to be becoming NPAs or, or independent. And so the parties themselves portray the other as crazy and wrong. Right. Uh, they don't necessarily portray the, the whole situation as accurately as we might like it. I will say that for us Catholics, that's part of 
thrust that we have. We want to highlight the problems that are confronting us and propose some solutions and ask people to try to agree to address these problems. I will say, you know, one of the criticisms we had about the candidate questionnaire project was that, you know, it, it perhaps, and we got it from both parties, you know, you're giving cover to Republicans on, on these issues or you're giving cover to Democrats on these issues. And we got it from everybody. And, sure. you know, we want to just focus a lot more on the issues themselves and where we want to see people go. And it's a little bit easier for us. Perhaps we're getting out of that criticism, but we're also trying to pave a, a path for people to see, look, this is a direction we can go in that will improve Florida regardless of your party. And we want to help Catholics to see this is a good vision, you know, for how we should proceed. It's not so much a partisan thing where, you know, for at least it, that's my thinking on it. Now, you put out a uh, Florida gubernatorial candidate comparison, which I thought was, was fascinating. Do you do this also with uh, when, you, when there's an election year for a senator? Do you do it for that as well? We've not done that this year. To be honest, John, I think we've not done it so much for U.S. Senate candidates. Uh, we really borrowed from our work having done this for presidential candidates in the past. You know, that's really where we had uh, our most direct comparisons of candidates. And that's a bit different than proposing a questionnaire for them. We, we've given gubernatorial candidates questionnaire in the past, and sometimes they've responded, sometimes they haven't responded. But we determined that, you know, on the issues and given the nature of their campaigns and the fact that they speak or comment or tweet or provide information on their websites about the issues that we're concerned about, we just go to those sources to get them directly from candidates and what they've said and what they, you know, looking at their records as well in the case of our two gubernatorial candidates this year, um, Mr. Ron DeSantis and Mr. Charlie Crist. So that's kind of what we do for that, and that's and that's, that makes it a bit easier than trying to get them to respond to a questionnaire. And um, it's publicly available information, and we're able to focus on the issues we think are, are, are going to be of interest and, and hopefully help um, to inform voters here in Florida so that they can make well-informed uh, decisions, which is a big part of our mission. If someone wants to see that gubernatorial comparison and the voter guide, I believe the website is flaccb.org. That's Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops, flaccb.org. And it's right there on the homepage. Uh, you can click on that and uh, find all of those resources. I think this is more of a question for a priest or a bishop or a layperson, but I'll ask you this. If I'm looking at uh, two candidates and I see that, okay, uh, both are uh, against abortion, but one slants more uh, toward a heavy-handed death penalty. Is that a sin to vote for that person that that is more leans more one way than the other? Well, you know, John, that's a great question. I think a lot of conscientious Catholics would would ask it. Really, I think that what the bishops have have been saying about how to vote and has been a little bit nuanced. Obviously, like so many things, people are you know must form their consciences and vote according to their conscience, and you can't vote against your conscience, really. Uh, but you do want to form it well. I think that they would focus on the main things that would probably be sinful in voting would be if you voted for somebody because they had a position against the church or that was against human life and dignity, and you voted for them to promote that that wrong, that would be sinful. I think that when you look at what goes into a vote, a lot of things come into play. You know, you, you mentioned they might have a similar position, say, to limit the harm of abortion. And, and they may, one of them may take a stronger 
stand to promote the death penalty, but then they may be better on, you know, some care for poor children that they have access to health care. So there are a range of issues. It's very complicated, which is part of why we want to make sure people have good information on a range of issues so they can press in. But I think that the, the place where you get into trouble and things that are wrong are if you're trying to vote for someone to promote a wrong. That's that's the main thing that would be most wrong. There's been criticism over the years that, well, if you're Catholic, you only vote for that pro-life candidate and nothing else matters. They could do other things good, but uh, if it's a or, or, or negative, I should say, but as long as they're against abortion, you should vote for them. Has that stance moderated at all, or is that still top of the line? Well, I think that that is, you know, an inaccurate stance that there are probably partisan interests who want to promote that thinking, you know, maybe, you know, I think, um, you know, the bishops say, yeah, we have to look at these direct attacks on human life, but, you know, we have to look at a lot of things as well. And so it would be too simple, perhaps, kind of, it might be a lazy person's approach to say, just look at this one issue, and that's what we're going to do everything based on. It's tricky, I think. There are definitely partisan interests that want to promote that thinking among Catholics, and it's not that simple, unfortunately. And we're not trying just to create a Catholic voting bloc based on one issue. That's not what the church is. I think we, you know, the goal that the bishops have is for people to be well-formed, to understand commitments to promoting human life and dignity across the board in our society, and to be active in promoting that, you know, to be leavened within, say, a political party if, if it's not largely supportive of uh, protecting the unborn, to, to be that love to try to convert them there. But also, it's not just about voting either. Like, our, our commitments in civic life extend beyond that, to being involved, to having a relationship with legislators, to help to lead them to just solutions. And that, that is, that's too short shrift. And, um, and I would say that that's, that's part of the challenge confronting the church in our polarized society. You know, people want to create a caricature of the church and want to be critical of the church or want to manipulate people in the church to thinking things are true that are not true. And it's incumbent on people to, to press in, to look look at good resources and, and to be well-formed. Many have said that um, my pastor doesn't speak up enough about it, that, that, you know, he doesn't take a stand on one candidate or another, or even if he's talking about an issue. A lot of times the, the pastors, even the bishops, don't want to get in too much trouble because it makes them look like they could be portrayed as slanting toward one candidate or another. The church is very clear in that it does not endorse candidates per se, but only issues. Can you speak on that a little bit? Right. Yeah, we, we don't endorse candidates, as you say. The responsibility for voting is with each individual, you know, in light of a, a well-formed, properly formed conscience. You know, it's tricky. We hear depending on your issue and depending on what matters most to people, you might be concerned that people are preaching too much or too little on, on, on ones that are near and dear to you. And that's fine. I mean, it's not fine. It's understandable. I like to think of it as people feel, I guess, uh, more passion for certain issues and things than others. And they want to be involved and they are involved. You know, good folks are involved and you name it, whether it's volunteering around a certain cause like supporting immigrants or mentoring kids in schools or whatever, those things that are near and dear to people's hearts are working, you know, with a crisis, crisis pregnancy center. Those are all important. And, and, and those are great. Um, and I think that we need to be hopefully civil with one another, understanding, look, look, we're Catholics. This is what our church teaches. This is, these are our commitments and want to um, continue to be formed. But 
it's tough, I will admit. It's very difficult because as soon as you speak about, say, one issue, depending on and if, you know, one party or the other seems more aligned with the church, you know, you're kind of alienating the other party and you might get some criticism there. But it's, that's why it's important to be balanced, to be fair, to present things in an honest way. And I think mostly it's going to be important to focus not so much on the political side, but as the human side as to what is the concern here that we believe should be addressed. You know, we can share hopefully a commitment that you know, abortion is wrong. It's killing a child within a mother's body, and um, it's a tragedy every time that happens. And to shed light on that is not necessarily political. It requires a political solution, but people also need to be converted in their hearts and minds to understand why this is wrong, how it has reverberations across generations and people and communities and families. Like, it is tragic. And or like the plight of the immigrant. There's a reason why people must flee and must travel. People tend to not want to have to leave their homes, but we want to help the people to understand just the humanity and what's deeply there at root and then how to find solutions that are not necessarily partisan solutions, but they, they certainly will involve policy ideas. But this is I'm going to go one direction. Do you follow NFL football at all? I do. I, I prefer college football. Okay. You follow a yeah, you're up in Tallahassee. So, you know, when, when a team, an NFL team drafts, a player, then they can go back and look five years down the road and say, was that year a good draft? So when I look at this, and I'm, I'm bringing this home here, when I look at the Ron DeSantis, Charlie Crist candidate comparison, can we go back and look at years past and say, okay, this comparison, who we voted for, and did they live up to the expectations of what was put in the voter's guide or what was put, uh, what, what these candidates said? that they promised? That's a great question. You know, that might be a good idea. Um, looking at at this going forward, you know, how did they do at the end of their term? And, and you know, or perhaps, you know... Give them could, a report card. You know, a lot of groups do report cards. That's not something that we've done in the past. Um, it makes it tough because... you got to have staff to uh, do it. <laughs> well, there's staff to do it, for to be sure, yeah. But there's also, you know, the worry that you might be comparing apples and oranges. Right. Um, because, you know, Governor DeSantis and former Governor uh, Christ did not serve at the same time. They did not, you know, they were both members of Congress, but they didn't, you know, vote on the same issues necessarily or the same bills to compare that way because of just their, their times of service and a lot of consideration. So it's tricky. Right. You know, we, we get that a lot. It's like, well, we would do our candidate questionnaire, you know, you might have an incumbent saying, well, look at my record. It's like, well, I can look at your record, but the people you're running against don't have a record, and and they may not be as accurate in portraying, you know, how they would vote on, a, on an issue that you did vote on, and we may not always have their record on an issue of concern for us. So we heard that, but yeah, it's good. It's like, it's really good, I think, to certainly evaluate, you know, what candidates have said in the past, particularly those who have some experience and who are incumbents, to gauge where they might go in the future. Well, and, you know, we hear it so much today. Well, you know, you you vote for a certain candidate or you vote down a political party and you hear from your friends who know how you vote and they'll say, well, you voted for that guy, I mean, or that uh, woman. You deserve what you got. And and that's sort of the report card. And oftentimes you you look at these issues and and it goes back to the, well, I'm not going to belong to a party at all. I'll be non-affiliated. Because you get so sick of it. You just say, you know what, I don't, I can't go down the party road. Uh, I'm going to vote who I think would be best. But that also hurts the primary elections, too. You don't get the turnout. 
Right. They're not always easy answers, John. No. Point out important dynamics. You know, the it's tricky. It's hard. But you know, this is probably the best system in the world. You know, we've it's as hard as it is. You know, we and we got to keep working to do this well. I will say, I know it's not one of our own. Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops products this year, but the U.S. Bishops Conference is, is again launching their Civilized campaign. And I think that's that's something that is is well needed, and I think it's meeting an important need. And I'm just remind people to be civil. You know, it's sort of, you know we want to be mature. I think people would recognize that there's no candidate who's going to be perfect um, in office. And and how committed are we to helping to make our society better, not just by voting, but also by our civic engagement, our involvement with folks, and and again, kind of calling them and urging them to do good things that they maybe if they haven't done done things the way we would like but to to do that so you can go to usccb.org and find out more about the uh civilize it is what michael's talking about and also uh let me urge you friends uh if you haven't done so go to that florida conference of catholic bishops website flaccb.org and find out about the issues about the topics about what the bishops uh, are asking you to do to vote with a clear conscience and vote the platform that they're standing for so that you'll have a clear idea of really what you're going into when you go to the the ballot box. Uh, Michael Sheedy, Executive Director of the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops, thank you so much for being a part of our program today. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. And that's how we see it. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.